Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And on the phone, is it Dave Watson? Hi, it's Dave Watson here. Hi Dave, how are you? How are you doing? I'm not bad, mate. How are you? Not bad. Are you in a hotel room in Edinburgh now? Uh, yeah, I'm in uh, the Courtyard Marriott in, in um, Edinburgh. Right, well... You are living tip, it up. Way to tip off the assassins. What room number? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, now you got us nervous. So uh, I'll say 382. This makes it up. Ooh, well, that means it's either 381 or 383 because we know Dave doesn't have much of an imagination. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're fucking wrong because it's 627. So, right, in your well, there face. you go. So, um, <laughs> right, Edinburgh. So, so, tell us about the hotel room, Dave. It's nice. It's actually, I've actually got a king size bed this time instead of. Uh, it was twins in Hilton, but it's uh, a decent sized king size bed, you know. It's, um, right. All the all my, don't they don't do room service though? They don't Bullshit, do room service. No, uh, like I asked this afternoon and um, uh, this evening rather, and they said, "Oh, because we're a quote unquote because we're a business hotel, we don't do room service." Well, that's very what hard. the fuck does that mean? Business people famously don't eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's bullshit. You have a hard life, Dave. No room service. I I'm trying to work out what fucking happened here. Because I had an understanding of who you were as a person, Dave, and then suddenly in the last two weeks, you're fucking Hilary Duvet. <laughs> well, that, that's a reference that everybody's going to get. Well, uh, all right, maybe that's not one for America. In that case, you're, um, I don't know, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah. They're exactly the same. They're both they? very similar. Both made their money in pallets. <laughs> Do you very? Do your life is very business based, Dave. What I mean, I don't understand. What the fuck's happened? Yeah, yeah. just get get into the right company, and suddenly they re- realise the potential that I present. I mean, I never really understood exactly what 
you did for a job. I always assumed that it came under the bracket of labour. <laughs> <laughs> Hired help. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm all about the analysis, mate. You know me. Stats and data, that's what I do. Okay. Well, here's a little piece of data that I've found. Seamless. It's the worst one, yeah. It's not very. That wasn't very amusing, was it? Well, but it's mm. it's a really fascinating piece of data, and it's a little bit different to data from previous weeks. Um, uh, this is what the email says. The email says the Labrooks bet offer has now changed to Jesus. Breaking one- news: It's now changed to sign up and deposit up to fifty pounds, and Labrooks will put the same amount into your account, giving up. Well, now, in this email, there's the word up twice in a row. Well, I'm going to read it yeah. as it's written. This is okay. obviously exactly how they want it said. Sign up and deposit up to £50, and Labrooks will put the same amount into your account, giving up, up to £50 worth of free bets. And up, up presumably means that's £50 twice. So yeah. we're looking at £100. <laughs> that's legally binding. And that's legally yeah. binding. Terms and conditions do not apply. Okay. So, um, sorry for the regular listeners, that was one of the most unimaginative Labrooks intros yet. And and to think me and Paul have had about 45 minutes to think of what we might have done with that, because tonight we're recording very late, because as we've said before, Arsenal fans, uh, when watching a football match live, uh, leave early, but when they're recording a podcast, they stay about fucking half an hour late. Yeah. Christ. Bullshit, man. They're just scum. So, um, <laughs> uh, last night we played a football match, Monday Night Football. Technically. Yeah. It's um, not uh, as we. What's the stat? One of you prized out a stat about our success in uh, games on Monday nights. We've lost the last oh, seven. Like, well, there you go. We've lost the last seven times we've played on a Monday night. I think yeah, in, I, think, I think it's that we haven't won in 12 now. Isn't that just away ones, or is that in total? Uh, could be. Either way, we're, we're shite on Monday night TV, so I don't, know why, I don't know why we're picked. Because we don't play particularly expansive, attractive, exciting football. So I don't really get why they pick us when they could have had any other motherfucker. Yeah, I, I think know. if you're picking the games, I don't know who went, ooh, Burnley-Newcastle, that's... Yeah, that's, that's a thigh robber. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because on Monday nights, our squad is very much in university challenge mode. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, but I said it would be a shit game. You did, well, I think we all agreed that it would be a low-scoring game, and we all agreed that it would be one nil. I thought it would be one nil uh, to Newcastle. Both of you thought it would be one nil to Burnley, and correct you were. I'm on a run of two correct results in a row. Which is well, you're on the for the hat trick. Yeah, that's quite the run. That's um, Biff from Back to the Future Two level. Of... <laughs> well, you've seen that book in my back pocket. Yeah. Now, um, was it? Uh, were we unlucky? Could it have gone either way? It could have gone either way. I'll answer my own question. It could have gone either way, right, Dave? Well, do you actually need us to answer? Because you seem to be covering all bases. Let's just. I'm just yeah, trying to move was, on to talk about football. Go, Dave. Yeah, it wasn't. It was 
it was one of those games where uh, it's the same as the Crystal Palace game and the Brighton game and the Huddersfield game where a little bit of quality in the final third and we could have won it 1-0 and but for a lapse of concentration at the back we would have we would have kept a clean sheet I don't think I mean aside from that I can't remember Rob Elliott making too many saves um apart from like aside from the goal that they they did get I don't, I don't remember him being particularly tested I mean it was it was even Stevens you know it was 12 shots each five shots each on target around about 50% possession each it was we weren't it was two sides who were pretty pragmatic two sides who weren't who don't have a lot of quality in the final third but are very well drilled defensively so it was pretty much as we expected it it sort of demonstrated how tenuous things are right I mean we what is that sound that keeps on happening is that your sex robot that you ordered to the room Dave I think it's um, somebody sending me messages because as we record this, uh, Sunderland are playing, uh, they're, they're hosting Bolton, who are bottom of the league. And last time I checked, Bolton and Sunderland were drawing 2-2. Sammy Amiobi scored to go um, to put them uh, to put Bolton 1-0. Oh, no, Bolton are now 3-2 off. Um, Dave, you know when you Sunderland... complain that Sunderland fans only care about Newcastle? <laughs> No, no, but come on, this this is this isn't just like I'm not gonna go on too much about it, but to be fair, Sunderland are a Premier League side uh, who just got relegated and they are currently bottom of the championship. It's a big story, and yes, yes, I admit that I'm taking more delight in it than I don't know, a lot of people. <laughs> but it's a big big story. It's a great bottom. thing. I do always think that you're the only person I've ever met who tells me how obsessed Sunderland fans are with Newcastle <laughs> but you're also the only Newcastle fan I've ever met who's utterly obsessed with Sunderland <laughs> regularly on their <laughs> message boards no I, but, I don't think anyway well, but it is, it is, it I is know you're not prepared to accept who you are Dave that is <laughs> that's something it's that, a big story it's a big story I mean it's it's top of the news today um, no it is I tell I mean, you what Go on. It'll be it'll be big it'll be big news tomorrow. Like if the results stay the same, which is no, because it would be exactly the same if it, if Aston Villa had been bottom of the the championship last season, or we had. It's a big story. Okay, I'm going to enjoy it. You're not going to ruin it. Good. Sammy Amiobi has scored one goal. Yeah, it? just the one. And Gary Medine, who's um, Geordie, he scored the second and somebody else has scored the third. So, yeah, Bolton are winning, which is funny. Okay, good. Um, anyway, let's no, get back to the enough. Burnley game. Yeah. So, uh, where were we on that? I mean, yeah, I was saying that uh, the Crystal Palace game could have gone either way. This one could have gone either way. So, you, we could have lost both of those games and everything would be really downbeat. Yeah. We could have won both of those games. Everything would be upbeat. What has happened mm. is that we won one, lost one. So everything is relatively meh. I think to add but a shade... All, all those results are quite close to each other, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Probably. To add a little shade of optimism, though, both the Palace game and this one probably deserve to be draws. And you'd rather have three points from those two games than two. Correct. Which is what we deserved, so. 
Correct. And at least we're not taking... We haven't had a single drumming this season, have we? No. No. Spurs 2-0 was the worst, and that was when we had 10 men. So there was an interesting bit of team selection uh, before kickoff. I think we were probably all surprised to see Diame start. Am I right, Paul? Yeah, I mean, Benitez had said in the build-up to the game, I think the day before, that Diame had been training really well. So I thought he'd probably be on the bench, but I'm not sure what he could have done to merit getting in ahead of Hayden. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm, what's I'm assuming going on behind the scenes. I mean, I'm assuming everybody knows that Marino was out because he's picked up like a, a knock to his back. Yeah, there was some like kind of back injury or something. But I agree with Paul. I don't see anything that uh, Diarme offers on the pitch that you don't get from a combination of Shelby and Hayden. You know what I mean? It's not like Diarme is better defensively than Hayden or offers anything more in attack than Shelby. I just, I, I don't get it, but I suppose if he is training well, then, you know, you've, you've got to give people their shot. I think with Diarme, you get a more avant-garde interpretation of passing where it's not <laughs> reliant on accuracy. It's yeah. more about where it ends up. Yeah, there's, there's, well, um, there's what's the word for, um, there's zonal marking. <laughs> Diarme yeah. does zonal passing. <laughs> so there's he didn't give the ball away all that much, but there was a lot of passes of just like well, as long as I pass it within a ten meter radius yeah. of you, that counts as a pass. So there was whenever he passed it, it felt like whoever received the ball had to run back five meters to collect it. Yeah. It was well, the sort of throwing of- a newspaper onto someone's front garden rather than in the letterbox approach to passing. <laughs> Well, just to, just to counter what you said, he, he gave the ball away more than anybody else on our team. He gave the ball away five times, which go. is more than anybody else. And also, only two of his passes were into the final third. Most of them were just like you're saying, like sideways passes or backwards passes. So I don't I don't see what he was offering. He didn't make any. He didn't make the more thing tackles. About, they weren't than backwards else. passes because that's where the player was. Yeah. No. I think the other annoying thing about having Diame in there is that Hayden, you would think, is a more defensive player. But that actually, having someone slightly more attacking than Hayden in, made us more defensive because it meant Shelby had to drop back. So we're reliant on Diame for being further forward. And sure. that's why nothing <clears throat> gets into sort of Hosselu and Perez. And then we had the weird thing, and I'm jumping right ahead here, of Hayden coming on for Perez... Mm. so that Diame could take the number 10 position and, and Hayden having one of our best shots of the game. Yeah. I mean, Hayden yeah. looks like a class player to me. I don't know what's gone on there, but, you know. No, I I, agree. I think Dave's right as well, though. When someone's doing well in training, I think you have to manage the squad a bit and give them a chance, or you do just get every fringe player thinks there's no point trying in training. Sure, fair enough. Yeah, maybe you're right. I think we witnessed Diarme's other foray into central midfield. Maybe he played a few games there, but I remember that he played in central midfield when you and I went to Birmingham City. God. I mean, last night's game was so shit, I was almost surprised that I didn't attend it. Yeah. (laughs) It was because I'd managed to get my wife to, like, allow it to be on the telly. 
And she just kept looking up and wondering how time was slowing down. I toyed with the idea of saying, you do realise if we equalise, it will go into extra time. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just... One one other thing, like... It's getting to the point, and I know I've been banging the drum, but Gail's been coming on for the final, like, 20 minutes, 15, 10 minutes, or something like that, and making no impact. I can't remember him having a shot on goal. I can't remember him stretching the defence or anything like that. It must be getting to the point where Mitrovic must be doing, like, in reverse of Diame's doing stuff in training to get get the nod, Mitrovic mustn't be doing enough in training to get the nod because I can't see why Gale's being picked ahead of him. It is very, and I, it is very confusing, particularly mm-hmm. when uh, Rafa seems very determined to play a certain style of football, which, you know... Uh, to all intents and purposes, has pretty much worked for us this season. And Mitrovic mm. fits that style of football in a way that Dwight Gale doesn't. Yeah. And it felt like last night, like we really needed Mitrovic to come on. It does feel very yeah. odd. I yeah. Think perhaps he's in some way uh, part of Robert Mueller's investigation uh, into the Trump administration. <laughs> it, it just feels like the, there's something very suspicious going on with Mitrovic. But I think as well, like having Gale on the bench over Mitrovic seems doubly pointless because if we do need that kind of number nine who can get himself into great striking positions, we've already got it in Perez. So like, really? Mm. Yeah, I think I think that's Perez's best position as a right. striker. But I mean, Dwight Gale is better at that. Yeah, but I think when you want a different option coming on, we've got if you have. Perez on the pitch and Mitrovic on the bench. If Hosselu has to come off, you've got two options for two different ways of playing, rather yeah. than just the option of bringing on Gale. Sure, I understand. I mean, personally, I think, I mean, I don't have last night's bench in front of me, but I would have hoped there's a way of having both Gale and Mitrovic on that bench. Yeah, especially when last night's bench did look very championship. Yeah, I mean, Henri Saive was on the bench last yeah. night. Well, there you go. And I, yeah, I can't, I can't understand. But it's it's that thing where Benitez sees them every, you know, every day in training. He he sees what he thinks is the best option to go up against the Burnley side, which is so resolute in defence and so well drilled that I I get that you I get why we set up the way we did, why we didn't go with like two up front or changing the system too much. I understand all of that. But picking Diame ahead of Hayden didn't I, like. I still don't understand that yeah. rationale. Well, hopefully that's an experiment which uh, you know is a case of lesson learned. I'd say what we're going to do is we're going to have a quick break now, and then uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about last night's game and a myriad of other things. <laughs> The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Did you enjoy your break, guys? Really good break. One of the best. Such a good break. So, um, one player who did get a chance last night, albeit briefly, was Jacob Murphy. Yeah. Mm. He looked nervous, didn't he? He always seems to for us. He looked better than he has in previous appearances, even though... 
there was one moment where he just couldn't control the ball and it went out for a throw-in. But he at least, he had that thing which Richie doesn't really offer, but Atsu does, of just running at defenders. Yeah, committing so, defenders. Yeah. To, yeah. Richie didn't have a great game, did he? I thought Atsu no. did quite well. I thought Atsu was good. I thought Atsu and Shelby were probably our better players. They were, definitely. And maybe Lascelles and Lejeune until the goal. Right. Well, yeah, certainly our best attacking players were um, Shelby and Atsu. But yeah, Jake. But I, I, was think, I was thinking that one of the reasons why Hosselu and Perez had uh, poor games was because the final the final balls from Atsu, Richie, Yedlin, and Mankilo were all they were they were shit. It yeah. was really bad in the final third. The the delivery, and for all we berate, you know, we, we say that. Hosslu's not a great striker and he needs quite a few chances. He, he, he was feeding off scraps. Uh, he did a lot of good work holding up the ball and linking play, but there wasn't any... The, the final ball that came back to him, just well, the final ball didn't come back to him, so he wasn't in a position to score from it. Um, and I, I think a lot of that's to do with the, the, the guys who were playing in the wide areas, but I come back to it again and say that had we a more settled, composed, calm, controlled centre of midfield I think we would have I think we could have got something more from that game than we did like I don't think we would have even like I mean I predicted a 1-0 before the team sheet was read out because I thought that with the with the side that Burnley are they're very good defensively and we're not great up front so there's that but I just think yeah the the, the centre of midfield was just was really poor yeah it's an odd one because I think Burnley will make a lot of attacks look worse than they are but the reason mm. the balls weren't getting through to Hosselu and Perez was just bad delivery. It wasn't didn't seem necessarily due to pressure. I mean, a lot of it's numbers in the box. So if you like if you see Atsu at the far post and you're playing a ball, and it has to be perfect yes, to get anywhere near. Yes, there were very rarely him. more than two uh, there to meet the cross. The num mm. the numbers weren't in our favour, so the crosses had to be superb, which is not what they were. Yeah. Hosselu got a lot of critics last night. Mm. So he got one of his feet were trod on. He had his ankle uh, kicked, and he got kicked in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I felt bad with him for him. He did towards the end. He did quite a nice turn and shot. Yeah, I think if you think, oh yeah, you know, he's, he's and that was no surprise because that's when footballer. we brought. Go on. I was just going to say that that's when we had. Hayden on the pitch, we had more direct runner in in Murphy, and we we were more we were less conservative in our approach. And I think suddenly you're seeing Hayden getting a chance, Hosselu getting a chance, um, even like Murphy had a chance. Like I don't know, I just, I found that quite that, frustrating in a way because you spend sort of the first hour of the game watching us being pretty awful. And we're all resigned to the fact we're going to see a lot of that this this season. But the logic for it is we don't really have the players to create chances. So we, we're going to have to do that. And then you see as soon as we go behind, we do have the players to create at least half chances and play a bit more attackingly. I know there's a balance, yeah. but I think away to Burnley, they it's the same as the Huddersfield and Brighton games. They're not going to attack. They're just going to sit back and wait. And I'm not sure as just keeping a very rigid defensive shape and waiting for them to come onto us is the best way to set up. 
I'll just stick on Hosselu for a bit longer. I, I tweeted last night to say what you like about Hosselu. He's prepared to get kicked in the dick for new, NUFC, and that's all we <laughs> asked for, really. Um, someone tweeted me, chris 84 Lukey tweeted, is it me or does Hosselu always look like he's, ha- ha- he's eight pints into a sesh? <laughs> he's got those big eyes, which I think is like Mesut Ozil eyes, where he looks like he's not slept well the night before. Right, so it's maybe not just... Maybe it's not pints. Maybe it's something a little stronger. <laughs> Good God. Um, but I found it quite amusing that um, Thoughts, Thoughts 619, who doesn't follow Newcastle now, so I assume is not a listener, but had seen it because of the hashtag, so said, so in a striker, you don't ask for goals? <laughs> no, I was just making a joke about him getting kicked in the dick, mate. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't. I don't think I'd be kicked in the dick for Newcastle. I don't know. I guess you don't know till you're uh, asked. Yeah. yeah. If you had the choice between scoring goals for Newcastle or getting kicked in the dick for Newcastle, which would you choose? <laughs> I love the idea of if a game's tight. You have to bring on like the dick kick guy. <laughs> you know, can take one. This is what we need. Bring him on. This is what sometimes times call for it. Bring, bring on Iron Crush. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a few. Bedford Mag said thoughts on Hosselu, other than him being reasonable at hold up and nothing else. Well, you know, I guess we covered it. You know, yeah, I think kicked in the dick. Like Hosselu against Stoke was a genuinely bad striker because he missed several great chances. But in this game last night, he wasn't doing much wrong. It's just the ball wasn't coming to him. Chris Tompkins yeah. says, what went wrong with Dwight Gale? Discuss. It is true to say he scored 23 goals for us last season. Mm. He was, you know, I thought he was, I convinced myself that he was the next Jermaine Defoe. He's actually like 27 or something now. But then he, he just, he, so last season we were able to draw teams out and pull them from side to side because we were technically better than they were. And he could find the gaps and he could put pressure on, frankly, quite poor centre-halves. In the Premier League, he's not going to have that amount of... Uh, that amount of... He doesn't have the ability to, to unsettle those those um, defenders. I just, I think with Dwight Gale, if we can offload him in January to a champion, championship side, uh, I'd, I'd definitely do it. There's a lot hinging on us being able to... to get in a really good striker in January yeah I mean Mm. one thing with Dwight Gale is it does feel a bit soon to say what went wrong with him because the only Premier League games he started for us is when he's not been fully fit so it's a bit misleading I'll tell you who might have been a nice signing and it's gone now and he didn't play last night because he was injured but who fits our style of play Chris Wood Mm. who He's got four oh, goals for the season, I think, hasn't Burnley. he? He's, but he's, nah, a, he's, he's a more of a he's more of a Hosselu type. He's more of a hold up player, right? Anyway. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but he doesn't he doesn't um, work as hard as Hosselu. So Hosselu's less of a static target man. He doesn't like Chris Wood would would more likely do the dick kicking. Sorry, are we talking but, about Chris Woodward or Chris Wood? Chris Wood 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 Wood. Um, no, I don't think we should have gone for Chris Wood. And I think they spent like 16 million on him, which I think is a total waste of money. 
because I don't think I don't think either Hosselu or Chris Wood will get double figures this season. And I would say that Hosselu's a better fit for our system because he works harder and he runs. You know, he, he runs about a lot more than Chris Wood. Um, I think that's a little harsh on Chris Wood. Like he's already got four goals, and all the Burnley team seem to work very hard. It seems to be working for him. I, I don't know. I, I'm not convinced by Chris Wood at all. I um, sort of agree, I but I'm I, not convinced by Hosselu either, really. He's useful, no, no, but you'd much rather he was sort of third-choice striker. Yeah. I mean, we've been linked with um, Tosin. Uh, I think he's a Turkish... Yeah. I think he's a Turkish striker. that We've been linked with him for January. But... Like and, I, and we're not going to get into it because we've been over it a lot. But if we if we suddenly get taken over and have a lot of money to spend, I can't imagine us going for like uh, a fifteen million pound striker, which is the rumored bid. If we've got uh, you know a huge amount of money to spend, it, it's just a total game changer. So I think any links right now are very premature. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, in that case. There is apparently a 16-year-old Brazilian we've been linked with. Okay, like, then let's talk about links. On the YouTube videos of him, like he gets kicked in the dick every game. <laughs> just <laughs> takes it. He's like one of the best at receiving a dick kick. This is what we need. We need we need a team of get dick kickers. It's not dick kickers we want. It's it's receivers. Dick kick receivers. We need a team. We need 11 men who are happy to turn up on a Saturday at three o'clock, stick their meat and two veg on the touchline and say, kick it. Yeah. That's what we've needed for the last few campaigns in the Premier League. And then for the halftime entertainment? <laughs> Children. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, and next, just put- go on, go on, go on, Dave. Yeah. Shoot. I was just going to say, just to give it like a, because I know that it's a pretty negative after a after a loss. It usually is. I mean, Twitter went a bit over the fucking top. Yeah. But we're only three points off six, and we're closer to Champions League spots than we are to the relegation spots. Like, let's let's not forget where like we're a newly promoted side. We're ninth in the table. Let's just you know, let's not fucking moan on. We're we're doing very well, and. Uh, most teams will go to Burnley and they'll be happy with a point. All but the all but the very very best teams will happily go to Burnley and try and grind out a one nil win or a one one. You know, it's a tough place to go, and there's no shame in a one nil loss, especially as as even as it was. We weren't overawed. We just it didn't happen for us on the day. And I'm, well, with that in mind, what you're saying, and uh, we need to cover this reasonably quickly but Philip Huntsman says with our current squad do you think we'd stay up were Rafa to leave say Pards was to make an encore would he keep this squad in the Premier League basically how much no. is it, how much as a club are we dependent on Rafa totally dependent I yeah. think totally dependent. totally yeah so you look at encouraging is it it's I like think this. look at Steve McLaren and the amount of investment he had and we were cut adrift at the bottom. It's such and a difference. This is still a championship slash Premier League squad. It is. That's what they were saying on Sky Sports yeah. a lot last night. And I sort of convinced myself that that's not what we have, but it is really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. 
but then that's why I'm I'm pretty confident because I think we are going to get taken over. And I think if we're taken over, we'll see some more money put into the squad. And I think, look what he's doing with this championship yeah. squad. And imagine what he, like like a manager of his caliber, imagine what he could be doing if he had a better striker, more depth in the center of the park, more depth at fullback. Well, we'll see. You know, I, I feel like we should try and avoid talking about takeover too much. Cause yeah, 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 yeah. I just think that means it won't happen. It did seem like, just a very <laughs> quick point, though, it did seem there were noises coming out last week that it it seemed to feel a lot more on the cards Certainly, for people yeah. who were, if not in the know, like one or two people removed from people in the know. We'll, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Basically, it's going to happen. We're going to have a, a £500 million war chest. When takeovers <laughs> usually happen, you don't usually keep the manager, do you? Do, so. We'll keep Benitez. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. That that's when the if the the club that they're taking over has got like a decent manager for their level. But Rafa Benitez is so clearly above our level that he he's a he's a reason to buy the club rather than right. Well, when we buy the club, we've got to get shot of him. So he won't be going anywhere. Okay. Well, we'll see. I'll what see. I wanted to say is that. We've got, if we're aiming for 40-odd points, we've got 35% of them in a quarter of the games. So if we continue on this path, this points per game, we'll end up with about 53 points, which over the last five seasons has been good enough for like 8th, ninth, 10th position. And if we do improve in, in, the, in the January window, which I think we will, then I think like aiming for the top half of the table... Is a pretty realistic. Top half, realistic top half, I agree. Is it would would be great, and it's also yeah. It doesn't feel like pie in the sky. I think as well. The Huddersfield, no. Brighton, and Burnley away games are almost, even though they seem like easier games on paper, they're the hardest ones for us because it is against a home team who aren't really intent on attacking. Whereas mm. because we're all about solid defence and counter attack. They're our hardest games. We're much. I think our away games are going to be easier against the likes of sort of West Ham, Everton, yeah. Crystal Palace, Bournemouth. Yeah, teams that are going to actually attack and leave gaps that we can exploit. Well, we're speaking of Bournemouth. We're playing them at home this Saturday. We won't get to see it because we're going on day stag. Oh yeah. <laughs> going on your stag, yeah. Dave. Jesus Christ! Some of the things that are prepared for you. It's uh, so I'm I'm like fifty percent excited, fifty percent real trepidation. All I'll say is I hope you like Quasar Laser. <laughs> We've had to send off our samples to go into the pint glass that's being prepared for you for the oh, day. Delicious. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They've been couriered up in a special medical moped. I want you to know that I have gone. For Stool. Per- for just a little bit of Peroni, because I know you like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, that'll be fun. We'll, I guess we'll talk more about your stag after it's happened, Dave. I know, yeah, that, as as I know that many of our footballers, uh, that many of the Natter listeners are following the soap opera of our lives intently. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to leave them hanging 
by yeah. talking about our game this Saturday against Bournemouth at home. Yeah. Uh, what do we think, Paul? I think this is a game that will be much more up our street. Bournemouth are a little bit more expansive and probably won't sit back in the way that Crystal Palace did last week St James's. I think they'll play into our hands a bit more. I could see it being, because they're in pretty poor form as well, I could see it being like the West Ham game. Do you think, and maybe this is me being influenced by the uh, fact that we're recording this night, this podcast, on the night of Halloween, (laughs) and things are getting very spooky. (laughs) You keep doing a weird, sexy (laughs) 80s voice. (laughs) Do you think... um, there might come a point during the game where Rafa puts his hands together and goes, <laughs> they're, play- they're playing, almost definitely, yes. They're playing right into our hands. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think oh, that'll happen? Bournemouth. Do you, think- <laughs> Do you think that'll happen, Dave? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> they're shit at the minute. They are quite shit now, Bournemouth, <laughs> aren't they? That's what happens. You have these yeah, teams 19. that come up and they're really good for a couple of seasons and then you have to. it takes you a while to realise, oh, they're shit now. Good point. Join us after the break. You're watching Soccer Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've got the lowest number of tackles per game, one of the lowest um, in, like, number of interceptions per game, lowest number of fouls per game. How many players get kicked in the... <laughs> down on the south coast um, second lowest shots on target per game their only away win came at Stoke they're, they're, they're really in trouble and I think they've got injury problems as well like I'd, I'd fancy us to not only win but win by a couple of goals Yeah, so I know gonna most say, of our is this going to be a rare victory by a two goal margin yeah, yeah. I Feels like we'll it could or nil. should be. I'm going to go 2-0. Oh, yeah. Why not? Why don't we all go 2-0? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm suggestible enough to get on that. Well, you want to yeah, that? I'm on peer pressure. Come on, guys. We're all going to do some 2-0s. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was actually going to say 2-0 <laughs> anyway. It's great. Cool. Okay. Uh, well, that's it. 2-0. That is the uh, Newcastle Natter prediction. For our game against Bournemouth. Mm -hmm. Well, it's now quarter to ten at night on Halloween. We're approaching the time when the ghosts and the goblins come out to play. (laughs) (laughs) He's gone weird, Dave. You're in You're in a room with him. You're in Edinburgh, Dave. Very spooky town. (laughs) (laughs) You should do a ghost tour in Edinburgh. They've got loads of caves underground as well. They do. They've got ghost well, tours. I was so they, they, Old they, they do this like they do this like firewalk thing where they I don't know it's like a festival of fire and they they walk from the down the Royal Mile and into the like upper hill or something like that and I was going to go and watch that but the Arsenal pricks mean that mm. it's already finished so I can't go and do it. What do you mean the Arsenal what? pricks mean it's finished? The podcast. I can't see this backfiring at all, but why not, in the safety of your own hotel room, host your own festival of fire? (laughs) (laughs) I think it would be fine. 
Why don't you, you know how probably on, there's either a desk in your room or on your bedside table, there's probably a little notepad, right? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just write on that, um, hi guys, I'm in room 627 or whatever it is, having a little bit of a Halloween party. <laughs> And just put it under under the door of <laughs> <laughs> every room on your floor. Why don't you do that? <laughs> and up in the lift and everything. And then be well, in like, it... full costume that you've just made really quickly, only from the things you can find in your room. You managed to conjure up a sexy cat outfit <laughs> out of general bits in a hotel room. I think you should do it, Dave. And with that... <laughs> Uh, we are bringing tonight's natter to a close. So, uh, thank you very much, Dave Watson. Thanks, Fergus. I'll see you on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, see you then. Ooh. <laughs> That's not very staggy. <laughs> uh, see you. Uh, thank you very much, Paul Doolan. Thank you. Thank I'll you. see you on the train on Friday. See you on the train on Friday, Paul. And to you, the Newcastle Natter listener, please don't forget to like us, not necessarily on the basis of the last 10 minutes of this pod, but don't forget <laughs> to rate us on iTunes. And uh, you're all invited to Dave's stag as well. I'll post up the details on Twitter. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast, and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.